I'm Tree. And I'm Devin. And, and we're, we're Hyperfly. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right. It's great to have you guys on. I know you guys are going to be on uh, again at some point uh, in a couple hours. So yes. we're very happy to have you. And I know. Thank you, Lynn, very much, obviously, for having uh, 
a great show. So tell me a little. I know you guys are going to be repeating this, but uh, tell me a little something. What are we listening to right now? First of all, tell us what we're listening to. Uh, right now, you are listening to Country Paradise. It's one of the tracks on our brand new album entitled Out the Mud. And we actually just released it while we were in Austria. And we're getting ready to in do In Austria? Our- yes. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Holy smokes. Hey, I, my, my guest is at the door. Let me go get that. And I'll let you guys uh, tell me about the Austria story. Okay. <laughs> well... We, over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing lots and lots of traveling, and we actually were the first female band to headline the New Orleans Festival in Innsbruck, Austria. Woo! Woo! Yes, indeed. And so, of course, a lot of our fans were like, what are y'all doing releasing y'all's music across the pond? And we couldn't just leave them hanging, so we decided we got to do our NOLA release coming up this week. So were you guys going to be doing that? We're going to be doing it at Rock and Bowl. August the 2nd. August second, this Friday, Friday at eight Friday p.m. Night. Yes, eight p.m. And do you guys have a, is anybody opening up for y'all, or is it yes, Donovan Keith, the one and only Donovan the Keith, the one and only Donovan. Right, and and so you guys were saying that you guys are originally from Mississippi, yes, and now living in New Orleans. We've been adopted as New Orleans. Welcome yes. home. We love to have yes. you here. Yes, good to be back home. And you guys are unique in that the style of music that you play kind of is a bit of a countryfied. I mean, how how would we describe that? Uh, it's it's country. It's, 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 it's country. It's like some people call it country soul because, you know, it's kind of some of that gut wrenching, like kind of that unexpected. Ooh. Right. People, a lot of people listen and say, you know, I don't like country music, but I love you guys. Right, I like right, this. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like elements of so. everything. And then are you guys instrumentalists or just vocals or do you guys have a band as well? Uh, we do have a band and um, we have a band, but sometimes we kind of like go off. Alone and you know just do vocals and, and just rock it a cappella because yeah mean, for sure oh, that's, that's the yeah. only way you can really yeah. prove that you know what you're doing. That's absolutely right. Now that yeah. we, we kind of bullied our way in here early, so yeah. <laughs> but when we come back, we'll do it like an a cappella song you for promise? you for sure. Promise? I promise. Hey, listen, you know WHIV is always looking for bands to help with uh, benefits and uh, yes. that we'd love to promote and uh, and like I was just telling you, I'm a rockabilly country person myself. So Ooh. yeah, so I love uh, I love what you guys do. And when when they reached out to me, when Gretchen reached out to me. I like locked in. I was like, oh yeah, these guys. This is sure. it. Yeah. These are WHIV people. Yes, this collaboration. Way. I'm and, excited. And I love for. the idea of a, of a cowboy hat. <laughs> yes. A WHIV I was like, we got to get WHIV. But, but for you, sure. you, you promise that you'll model it. Oh yeah, for sure. Look, I will have the station <laughs> shoot and be like, <laughs> yeah. So you guys remember that? Log on to WHIVFM.org because as soon as those cowboy hats are ready for the public, Ooh. you're definitely yes. going to want but, them. Or, or you can click on store. There you go. Good. Amazing. Look, but also Amazing. y'all have got some ball caps that are out of this world. Yeah, 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 Lynn yeah, Drury yeah. had one on and I was yeah. like. We were on. we were like trying to devise a plan to where like somebody holds her down and then somebody takes her hat, but <laughs> she's our friend, so we were like, we'll just go in and get one then. <laughs> um, listen, so I've got I've got the great Dr. Chris Garnett that's here, but before Woo! before before we do that, and we get our show started. Can I get you just to read this because I think you'll impress Chris by reading that. Preventing HIV is easy. Get prepped. You can get free HIV testing at any Access Health Louisiana location. Plus, same-day primary care appointments are always available. Access has a new location in downtown New Orleans at the Pythian Building, where individuals may be seen for diagnosis and and treatment of HIV, STIs, and PREP. Plus, all Access Health Louisiana patients qualify for discounted medications through their pharmacy. For more information, just go to la.org. 
That's uh, that's Access Health, LA.org. Go get yourself some help, honey. Yes, indeed. <laughs> that is awesome. So uh, I, if you guys, when you guys uh, uh, tune in, when you guys uh, get in your crisis car, you guys will hear all about prep because uh, Dr. Garnett right there is one of yes. the prep. Oh, He's one on, of the Dr. prep Garnett. experts uh, in uh, in uh, and prep is essentially is a medication that you can take that prevents HIV. Wow! And oh. both Dr. Garnett and I are both I HIV just, doctors. What? So. I was just going to ask well, what is yes. what is P R E P? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm, I, I didn't know it was prep. <laughs> prep is that would be prep. <laughs> so prep uh, prevents HIV. It's one pill taken once a day, and for people that are HIV negative, it actually prevents HIV transmission. Wow. So it's super, super important. It's one of the tools, one of the several tools that we're having that's helping to kind of end the HIV epidemic. And so we will probably talk at That's uh, amazing. We cannot wait to tune into that. So, and and because I got to name the station and I'm an HIV doctor, hence the W H I V. Yes. Yes. Clicking in, right? So if I could have called it W Social Justice Radio, I would have. Yes. But I had three letters. It doesn't quite have the same ring to it. So I got to call it WHIV. And because HIV, I thought, you know, when we're talking infectious diseases, diseases are infectious diseases are disease of the poor. And when we're talking poverty, we're really talking social justice. That's right. And we're talking that's right. so true. Yeah, and so that was kind of how the station came about. So. Oh my god! But I know you guys are going to be back at seven. Yes, so yes we will. You guys were going to be talking uh, that you're going to be on the Mega Music Monday show. So oh, you guys yes. will be able to do your thing. You guys are going to love. Uh, Mark uh, Parody usually Phil is the host, but he's on tour right now. Uh, so Mark Thomas will be in his place, and you guys are going <laughs> to love Mark Thomas. Oh, so my gosh. Yes. By Guadalupe. You guys are going to love Guadalupe. Oh, yes. It's Thank you so, so much. Thank you. It's such, such a pleasure. It was such a pleasure to meet you guys. Yes, absolutely. Thank we'll you. See you soon. Thank you. And tell Miss Gretchen I say hello. We oh, shall. We yeah. Shall. All shall. right. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you guys super soon. Thank you. And uh, with that, we'll do a quick little intro. <laughs> this is, uh, I, I will say that uh, you guys are very good at being able to kind of pull me uh, away from how I usually do things. Yes. But when I make exceptions, I make exceptions for extraordinary people like yourself. Oh, thank so. You for your <laughs> so you guys are awesome. Here, Chris, hop, hop on that chair right there. So if you are tuned in, this is Health is a Human Right, and we are going to be getting started right now. 2.3 WHIV in New Orleans and broadcasting around the world at WHIVFM.org. This is Health is a Human Right radio show. Protecting people like yourself I have some news for you We're here to defend wealth I have some news for you We're here to defend wealth Tra-la-la-la A public service announcement with guitar. Hey, hi.
Idaho. Let's go. This is 102.3 WHIV LPFM. It's such a pleasure to be here. My name is Mark Allen Derry, and you are listening to Noel Matters. Health is a human right radio show. Thank you so much uh, to the lovely, lovely people at Hyperfly who were here earlier. They're going to be in a little bit later. And boy, oh boy, what an awesome band that they are and uh, an amazing uh, three individuals that are uh, just really with amazing angelic voices uh, playing great music. So uh, with that being said, before we get started today, uh, it's great to have on Dr. Chris Garnett, who is an HIV specialist uh, with the Ochsner Health System. We're going to be talking a bit about uh, some of the uh, studies that, uh, or some of the uh, updates at the uh, International AIDS, uh, is it the S Symposium? So, International uh, AIDS... Uh, it's IAS. Yeah, IAS. <laughs> yeah. I know. We're a member society. I think it's a society. Society, uh, yeah, International yeah. AIDS Society. There you go. <laughs> uh, in Mexico, yeah. that was last week. And uh, and we're going to be talking a bit about PrEP and some other things here in New Orleans. Before we get started, let, remind, let me remind you all that WHIV is a volunteer-driven community radio station, and we are only able to honor independent voices with your support. So, please stand... Uh, for human rights and social justice by becoming a member of WHIV today. Monthly memberships are flexible. It could be a buck, five bucks, ten bucks. I love it when you guys send us 420. Ha ha. I know what you guys are saying, but uh, I do appreciate it. But whatever works for you, we appreciate it. Uh, uh, all uh, donations to WHIV, including these monthly memberships, are tax deductible. We have lots of cool uh, s- swag uh, as well. Thank you to uh, David Roston, uh, really putting in all the effort. Uh, there and keeping our online store up to date. So you can go to whivfm.org and click support. That's whivfm.org. We're not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station. Chris, I've been trying to get you here onto WHIV for some time. Yeah. And so when I got the email, it was really a pleasure. And I, you know, as, as, as I was reading some of our backs and forths today in terms of the emails, I really was kind of maybe hoping that this may be something a little bit uh, we could do this maybe once a quarter or something and just kind of get some HIV updates and stuff uh, from you. But before we get started, tell us a little something about yourself. Sure. So I'm lucky that we got this together. Um, some of your other hosts on the radio station have also um, gotten a, a gotten a piece of me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so I would imagine it's probably Dorian. Yeah. Yes. And, and then um, Sally. And so. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and Sally, so, yes. Um, I love coming over here. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, cross-pollination is important. In so many different ways. And yes, I agree. And, and I wish that there was, we did better with that. Yeah. I wish we did. And what we're essentially, Chris and I are having our own conversation here, uh, but we're talking about healthcare systems. Absolutely. So, um, it's a team effort. Um, we're all in this social justice battle together. Um, HIV is just one of those symptoms, and uh, none of us can do it by ourselves at our own institution. So um, I've been in practice as uh, an internal medicine uh, doctor uh, for 11 years. Uh, I also have a special credential in uh, HIV medicine. Um, so that is an active part of what I do. I've done it from the very beginning. Um, and I've been in New Orleans for three years and prior to that in Atlanta, always been in the South. Um, I am Peruvian, uh, born. Um, so most of my life actually in primary care is Latino primary care. So I'm actually out in Kenner where the bulk of my, um, practice is, um, taking care of abuelita and, uh, uh, but 
uh, this is a big part of my life. And um, we just had a great conference uh, in uh, El Distrito Federal, uh, Mexico City, uh, just wrapped up last week. And there's so much exciting things in the world of HIV prevention and treatment. And um, I was just hoping today we can kind of geek out. Uh, (laughs) Yes, sir, Bob. (laughs) Absolutely. Real quickly, so you don't do any hospital work? No. Okay, got it. And then just to be clear, too, that uh, that there are, uh, I usually talk about and refer to myself as an infectious disease doctor, yeah. but to be clear, there are internal medicine and family docs that go on and do extra, it's usually a year, but it uh, depends on the program, will do a, a certification program and they'll, they will become HIV experts, basically bypassing the whole hospital uh, infectious diseases uh, uh, route uh, that is just it's just there are lots of different ways to get to grandmas and and, and that's just one of the ways uh, of mm-hmm. doing it so all right so IAS Mexico City so yeah. I mean I, I you know I read some of the headlines and I know that we had talked a bit about what I thought were some of the just last week I thought I or two it was a week and a half ago yeah. some of the big big New England journal studies that came out and we'll get to that in a moment but what were some of the big things that came out of IAS Sure. So um, first, for people to know, you know, every year there are, are you know, touch points for uh, the world of HIV treatment and prevention. And so this is one of the big conferences where folks get together to really talk about some of the, the big research that's going to set the stage for the coming years. Uh, and so you were talking with uh, your original guests about PrEP, um, and I imagine your audience knows a whole lot about it. Um, and so we have some splashes in the headlines about um, some of the long-lasting uh, ways that we can do prep so that it's uh, not a daily pill. Um, I mean, it just it goes on and on all the different um, right uh, uh, things that were at the conference. Um, also, just in terms of what to do uh, to help folks um, with sexual health and wellness so that we're not just talking about HIV, uh, expanding the conversation um, and, you know, incorporating things with reproductive health and reproductive rights. I mean, I think it's it's really exciting. Um, what were some of the takeaways that you got? Because, I mean, I know with, um, uh, you know, my colleagues that I've talked to, it's amazing with these monster conferences, um, you know, everybody uh, takes away something different. Because it's huge, right? I, you know, I, uh, I didn't. I'm not the right person to ask because I didn't go that deep into it. So I'm going to flip it back on yourself. And and uh, I, 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 if you and I were sitting not on the radio, I could probably come up with a couple things. I'm just not quite (laughs) ready to kind of riff off the top of my head about that. But so let's talk about kind of the first thing you talked about, and we'll kind of go from there because it's such an important topic when we're talking about prep and as we had mentioned at the top of the show with uh, uh, the uh, lovely ladies from Hyperfly that prep essentially is a pill in this case let's you and I are going to geek out a little bit so it's the use of a medication called Truvada and Truvada uh, essentially is two other medications that's co-formulated into one pill and those two meds are called tenofovir and emtricitabine so let's put a pin in that and we're going to deviate just for a quick second and just to say that um, uh, of course at Croy there was some amazing studies that came out of the um, is it the Discover trial. I think it's yeah. called Discover, right? Yeah. For the use of Discovy, mm-hmm. and just real quickly, just to explain that tenofovir, which is again in Truvada, does have some kidney and some uh, bone density uh, issues.
issues when it's used for long term. So there's a replacement medication called Discovy that's ultimately going to be the new PrEP. And some of those studies were pretty impressive. So as we just kind of sit with there, was there any more with the Discover uh, trials that were sh- at, at IAS or was there nothing there? Um, well, there are always going to be um, those of us who look at pharma um, with a little bit of a critical <laughs> eye, right? So you know where I'm going with the, that trial. Uh, please yeah. go ahead. I right. did not see this coming, but all right. Right. Um, so just, you know, before we riff a little bit more, so I'm speaking as uh, Dr. Chris Garnett, my, my own personal opinions. It's, you know, not my, it's not an institutional opinion, but... Um, Definitely, when when you listen to the uh, folks presenting for this new medication um, that's going to get FDA approved for PrEP in the United States, there's concern that uh, uh, the Truvada tablet is going to go off patent in the United States, and this new medicine, um, is it justifiably better for how expensive it's going to be? And I feel like we're all still waiting on pins and needles. Um, I don't think that the Discover trial um, is really ooh and aahing everybody until we really see what's the price tag going to be. Right, right, right. So in a vacuum without a price, and, and let me just say that I, uh, I too am speaking for myself and that as and I'm reminded – Chris and I are speaking as individuals, uh, neither one representing uh, the institutions that we're from, and also uh, none of my opinions represent the opinions here of WHIV or NOCEDA or the board of directors for NOCEDA. NOCEDA is the nonprofit organization, and you'll appreciate this uh, as you smiled when I said NOCEDA, right? So NOCEDA stands for New Orleans Society for Infectious Disease Awareness. But, of course, uh, and Chris is smiling because no CETA <laughs> means no AIDS in Spanish and in French. As soon as I said no CETA, I was like, oh, yeah, you'll appreciate that. Uh, but it's the nonprofit. It's the nonprofit I started 11 years ago yeah. uh, that now the radio station is under. So uh, essentially what Chris is bringing up is a very good point. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't hear enough people making points like that. And yeah. I don't know if we've just been beat into submission to just accept that this is just the way of the world and we yeah. live in this hyper-capitalized world. Yeah. And, oh, and lo and behold, tenofovir turns out to do really bad things to people when they take it for a long time. Well, guess what? Just as the Truvada is going off patent, there's a brand new medication we discover called yeah. TAF. And, oh, lo and behold, yeah. it doesn't cause the same problems. I wonder if that's a coincidence. It almost seems like if you bring that up in other company, people will, like, chastise you for saying that. And yeah. and, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that you are able to just come right out yeah. and say it. Yeah. So thank you for saying that. Right. So, I mean, of course, um, time will bear out whether um, this uh, new medication is going to have advantages. Um, But, of course, we always have to be cost conscious. Um, I mean, I've been fortunate in my prep practice um, where I can count the patients on one hand um, who haven't qualified for the um, uh, assistance program to bring the cost down um, of Truvada to almost nothing. But for those folks that don't fit the criteria, somebody is being asked to pay full price. Right. And um, Did you see that study where the CDC actually owns the patent on Truvada? Yeah. I mean, what, what was your take on that? They're getting a lot of flack for it. I um, mean, it's, it was, it's, I mean, I know this is not the direction that we intended to go, but isn't it kind of horrifying? I mean, that the American government owned the patent 
on Truvada, a life-saving medication, how many cases of HIV could have been potentially prevented? How many AIDS cases, how many deaths could have potentially been prevented? And anyway. So this is the social justice component. <laughs> this I, is the social justice part. I don't part. shy away yeah. from it. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so you, the first thing you brought up was uh, the notion of uh, – so the, one of the issues about PrEP is that sometimes we have a hard time uh, uh, for people who have HIV to take their medications on a regular basis. People who don't have HIV, it's even a little bit more challenging sometimes to get them to take their medications on a regular basis. Now, when you're looking at folks that are also – follow the literature, it may be the lay literature, but they're following literature, what they're actually finding are studies outside uh, that are coming out of France and uh, that show that, well, you know, you don't necessarily need to take PrEP every day, and you could take PrEP maybe if you're uh, an individual that maybe goes out and and has uh, or could potentially be exposed to unprotected intercourse on a Thursday night or Friday night or Saturday night when you're out and, and hanging with friends and potentially going to clubs and what have you, that if you start taking your prep on Wednesday and take your last on Sunday, then that saves you a couple days of ha- not having to take medications uh, in, in the process. And so this idea, the first thing that you brought up was this idea of being able to take kind of like a, a long-term prep. So do you kind of want to explain what that was about? So what's exciting about um, the world of HIV prevention is we're, we're taking a page from uh, contraception uh, and birth control where when there was variety introduced, now all of a sudden you could really um, give something for everyone. And, um, you know, I think in science um, we're learning that lesson in HIV prevention. So um, it was, you know, daily prep since 2012. That violin string's been played quite a bit. Now because of research that started in Europe, um, we have this idea that maybe there's going to be another way, um, on-demand prep, 2-1-1. And we can, I guess, put that on the side okay. for a little bit. Okay, okay. But, um, I mean, I think it's important. Um, people who go through seasons of sexual behavior, that's just not their typical. Um, and people you fundamentally can't challenge their, um, their decision. You know, if their decision is taking a daily pill at my age or whatever is not right for me, can't beat your head against a brick wall. You have to find something else. I, I agree with you. And, and just to say real quickly, when I go as part of the AETC, I'll go around and I and I go around the state talking to other doctors about prep. And I will often say it's it's a key part of my lecture. That even though you're going to give them 30 days with two refills, don't count their medications. If they come back in four and a half months, that's fine. You can't assume that they're taking their medications every day. Just because you're giving it to them, you can't expect that they're taking it every day. And I will show some of the uh, articles out of France that that they're reading, and I'll show them the pause articles, the lay articles. So uh, I I think that's an important point. I think that you're phrasing it very nice, that we can't expect people to take those medications every day. I I mean, if it's HIV medications or if it's hep C and they need to take it for three months or if it's hypertension or whatever, yes, I expect them to take it. But for something like PrEP that has a – like you mentioned, like a, you know, a, a variance of sexual activity, it seems fair to not expect somebody to take Truvada every day. And so we might be blowing some people's minds who are um, listening, who um, are getting PrEP from a provider right here in uh, Louisiana, because on-demand PrEP is not the mainstream. So maybe we could back up and um, talk a little bit about the context, you know, okay. who should do this. Um so to begin with, 
the FDA in the U.S. has only approved daily prep. Are there, you know, providers, doctors, prescribers who are jumping ahead of the FDA and asking for on-demand prep? Yeah. Um, so the research that's been coming out of Europe has convinced enough people that um, many European countries um, are adopting it. The WHO at the conference last week adopted on-demand prep. Um, you know, we eventually will in the United States. New York and uh, San Francisco health departments um, have adopted it for their... Uh, so do you want to explain what on-demand prep is? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. So um, the research that came out of Europe, um, they specifically looked at not prep every day. They looked at it based on the sex that you're planning to have. So they had folks plan sex as best they could. They gave them some leeway. Take two pills of the Truvada um, anywhere between 24 hours to two hours before sex. So they had to wait. It couldn't just be right away. And then after the sexual experience, they would do an additional tablet, one, 24 hours later, and an additional tablet, one, after that. So two, one, one. So two pills before intercourse, then one pill 24 hours after intercourse, and the second pill 48 hours after intercourse. Right. Got it. So um, the initial interest um, when we were seeing this at our you know geeky conferences was um, it could be up to 86% protection. Um, you know, still great from a prevention standpoint, but it wasn't that, um, you know, earth shattering, you know, 99% that we were seeing in some of the daily prep trials. Um, the more that, you know, those Europeans have been researching and dwelling on the efficacy, the percent of protection, we are starting to see data that is getting closer to the upper 90s. And there's excitement because um, we're starting to see that it, it could be an option, not just for the people who are having uh, weekly sex, because then that starts to bleed and kind of look like somebody who's taking daily prep is starting to look like it could be somebody who's having um, less than weekly sex. And so now we have the FDA going to make a choice at some point soon. But for those of As us to who, whether or not we at the FDA would approve yeah. uh, a 2 one one prep, uh, essentially prep on demand. Yeah. So and then prep on demand sounds like you go to like, you know, kind of like a plan B. Is it, is it work like that where you'd be able just to go in and get it? Or is prep, you know, because the, the verbiage on demand makes it seem like it's easily accessible. Yeah. So you're bringing up something that can be helpful because um, something analogous to uh, plan B would be more like PEP. And of course, you and I know what that is. But um, how many times I've been in clinic... And somebody looks at me um, like I have two heads when I say PEP. Um, nobody knows. So that's post-exposure prophylaxis um, to protect you from HIV. Um, I think that's a good um, kind of divergence. Segway. Yeah. Got it. Um, so we know that post-exposure prophylaxis is different than PrEP. Pre-exposure prophylaxis, it's alphabet salad. The way that we have done um you know prevention there's been three ingredient uh, uh medication that you give to someone when there's a known 
exposure. And all the research there was with three ingredients. And we have shown it to be quite effective at preventing HIV from taking hold. Um, what's different is PrEP, the way that it's been mostly researched, is two ingredients in one pill. Sometimes one, but mostly two. And it was giving it to the person enough days in advance so it builds up in their system, and then it was shown to protect. So rather than reinventing the science, we use it the way we know it. And so the way we know it is if somebody comes in and they've had, let's say, anal sex, they were the receiving partner, no condom, and you know, lo and behold, that partner had HIV and the virus was not controlled, not in undetectable status. All right, perfect situation. PrEP is not what we would offer. Because um, again, two ingredients, medicine, probably not going to be strong enough um, to stop the HIV from taking hold. So we offer three ingredients. We call it PEP. Fast access to it. Um, there are lots of places in town. Um, there need to be more where you can get this like a plan B. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that treatment is for a month. Right. Right. And so I actually am going to be releasing. Whoops. I'm going to be. Re- sorry. We just jump in real quickly. Sorry. Sure. So. Yeah. So I was sorry. So we're going to be releasing a uh, um, a, uh, a video uh, that uh, uh, through the AETC. It's a 20 minute video. Yeah. Uh, kind of going over the nuts and bolts of, of PEP. And well, be sure to send you a copy yeah. uh, of that. It's uh, available for CME credit, but it's mostly for state employees it was uh done through uh the louisiana state uh, department of health right but uh yeah pep pep is incredibly important was there any pep updates at ias so pep is one of those things that um there aren't updates but it's part of a continuum of care yes it is and um we just have to think about um the lay of the land here uh, people, actual health professionals, don't even know about it. Um, so we've got our work cut out yeah, we do. for ourselves. Um, because if you don't know what to do, then you're not going to steer somebody in the right direction. Yeah, you're right. If you're tuned in, you are listening to Noel Matters, Health is a Human Right. My name is Mark Allendary. Uh It's a real pleasure to have on Dr. Chris Garnett, who's a HIV specialist uh, with the Oshner Healthcare uh, System. And we're talking about some of the updates uh, from the International AIDS Society. Society. Thank God, symposium <laughs> would not leave my head. I knew it wasn't symposium. Um, all right, what were some other big highlights for you? Um, so one that uh, really got a lot of enthusiastic applause was um, for the folks who have been doing hormonal contraception, I think most people will know what Nexplanon is. Um, it's a form of hormonal contraception that cisgender females can use um, to prevent pregnancy for up to a year. Um, they put a um, plastic-ish rod underneath the skin, not visible, uh, and it's it's, it, a, it's an implantable device mm-hmm. that could be done in the office as right. a, a outpatient setting. Yeah. It's like a little, it's just it's right. kind of not unlike kind of getting a, an earring being placed in your ear or right. something like that. Right. So I mean, it's amazing in the sense that the only person who knows it's there is the you know person. If you kind of mash on your skin, you'll feel the little rod. Uh, but nobody can see it. Right. You could shower. You could get it wet. You could play sports. You could do anything. Right. And it won't dislodge it or what have you. 
right? Um, and so that's uh, that rod called Nexplanon is full of hormonal contraception. Uh, and at any point in time, if somebody wants to reverse it, I mean, you just take it out. That's not a big deal. Um, so the company that makes Nexplanon um, has added an HIV ingredient to it. Um, very exciting. What um, did they add? So exciting in the big pharma way, they had to put a new drug class in the rod. Oh, did they really? It didn't happen to be something that was going to be generic anytime soon, but that's classic pharma. Right. What did they, I didn't know. Is Lativir. And what is it? So it's the, uh, one of the new uh, translocation inhibitors. I'm, you know, so now we're going to geek out. Okay. Right? Geek out time. Right. We have families of HIV medicines, right? And um, some families are old and they've got a grandma and a grandpa and they've been around for a while. We know them really well. AZT. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> D14. Or uh, NNRT. Ugly stepchildren. Right. <laughs> so, so. Um, a block of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when a new thing gets made, um, we kind of have to take um, pharma for what they are. Then when they make something that we need, um, chances are they're not going to put something cheap in it. But anyway, I'm digressing. We'll get to that. I like the way you think, by the way. Yeah. I need to have you on more. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what was exciting was um, they put this rod in um, uh, 16 individuals just uh, to see that it's safe and tolerable. These are folks. Phase two? Were those so phase that's, two? Just, that's just like phase one, phase okay. one. Um, so just, these, these were healthy individuals. Yeah, healthy individuals, they 16. Were, and they were looking at basically how much drug was this essentially in the system. Yeah. They weren't trying to prevent HIV at this point. No, or no. treat, right. Okay. Right. So um, for folks listening, um, you know, research across the world goes through uh, phases, phase one, two, three. Um, it takes a long time because um, we want to make sure that we don't hurt people. Um, so f- first phase, it's always going to be a small number of people. Um, and you're just trying to make sure it's safe and how long it sticks around. Um, and this was the, the headline. That darn thing um, kept the medication at protective levels. Protective levels. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah quotes, thank you right? for doing that because I was going to yeah. ask you about for that. For a year. For a year. And, and you and I will pick that apart, but we also know that um, media – um, pause magazine aids map they're, they're all picking this up and getting very excited right so why don't we so I, i'm going to just quickly just kind of just summarize real quickly that right now hiv medications are taken uh, uh every day chris had mentioned dr garnett mentioned a moment ago that uh you need three medications uh oftentimes we can actually get those into one pill uh, I'm sure you're, you know, did you flip over a lot of your folks over to Big Tarvi or, yeah, so Big Tarvi is the, without geeking out on that because we're, uh, I would love to, and maybe we'll save that for another show, but three medications, one pill, but they still are being taken on a daily basis. What if we can implant <laughs> or what if somebody comes in and they get an injection once every six months with long acting medications or the idea of implantable medications that are going to release those medications on a on a daily or on a 
secondly basis. I don't know, I don't know what the unit of measure is that they utilize. Uh, that's that will increase medication adherence, and more importantly, and probably the most important thing of all, is that that's going to get us to undetectable levels. And if we can get our community, our state, our country, our globe to complete viral hiv viral undetectable levels well that's how we're going to end this epidemic yeah absolutely um and that's essentially what this study is essentially mm -hmm. that's 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 the direction right that's the next step right um i mean we're all humans um we know that even when it's uh our antibiotic for our you know uh you know toe (laughs) <laughs> UTI or say. UTI there yeah we we're we're terrible creatures at, right. at, at remembering to take things so it's it could be a game changer um and you know we've we've known that this was a direction the field needs to go and it's just very exciting to see it going in that right. direction already right and it's also nice to know that finally infectious disease doctors are going to have a procedure <laughs> yeah so um that was a joke oh we're gonna get in the weeds chris, yeah chris, oh, we're gonna get in chris the appreciated that joke that was definitely an infectious diseases doctor joke sorry right. um yeah but um i want to just put it out there because i really do love especially um the international hiv conferences um because pharma gets a lot more pushback that they don't when um you know the united states or europe is the host um and there was pushback um um uh, is it particularly about this, or are we changing topics? Yeah, yeah, about this. Okay, about this so. because of the cost, or because why didn't they use like a like a dolutegravir, like an Insti or something yeah, like so, that? Yeah. So, um, you know, going back to the um, reference of our family, um, the longer a family member's been around, um, the cost tends to uh, go down. And um, so, when you're putting something brand spanking new in this brand spanking new device. Um, it, it makes us nervous um, that only those very developed countries are ever going to have access to this. And it could be a game changer. I mean, let's just run down the list of vulnerable uh, uh, populations that this is what they need. You know, people who are sex workers, um, people um, who are in very toxic relationships where they, they can't have agency. They need something they can control discreetly. Um, folks um, that don't have a functioning healthcare s- structure in their country. Um, you know, so the application... So Americans, all three of them, you just... <laughs> right. I mean, with the reproduction... And then some. I mean, glo- globally, right? So like... Glo- I know, but uh, it was... Uh, yeah. I, I There was very good examples with all three of sure. them, with the, especially yeah. with the, the harpy laws that have been coming around. But yeah. nonetheless, I hear you. Right. So I mean, the, the just to put an exclamation point on that, um, I uh, I usually give this statistic that the number one risk factor for uh, the number one risk factor for uh, women for HIV globally, especially in in resource poor countries, the number one risk factor for HIV in women in resource poor countries is being married. Again, that goes back to this idea of agency, not uh, yeah. of agency being removed. So, right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, for us to kind of get it back into the weeds, um, I mentioned earlier about prep and um, you know, ninety nine percent protection. So, caveat there: um, that is if rectal exposure is going to be the risk for um, HIV. Um, 
you know, for cisgender women who don't practice anal sex, and that's not the way that they might be exposed to HIV, then it's, you know, vaginal. And, you know, Truvada and the research for pill prep um, hasn't really shown that, um, that they can skip doses um, to project that area of the body like um, people can skip a couple doses um, if rectal exposure is the issue. So that's us getting in the weeds, but like that's why we want to have um, longer-lasting uh, treatments um, for cisgender women because uh, they deserve to have um, the same level of protection and not have it fall apart if you know life happens and they miss three doses um, and where condoms aren't an option for them uh, for consistent protection. If you're tuned in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIVLP. This is Nolan Matters, Health is a Human Right. My name is Mark Allendary, and it's a real pleasure and honor to have on a colleague and good friend of mine, Dr. Chris Garnett, who is a HIV specialist with the Ostner Health System. Uh, Dr. Garnett was just in Mexico City uh, last week where the International AIDS Society had their uh, annual or biannual conference. That one's biannual. It's biannual conference. Yeah. Got it. So, um, so real quickly, you you mentioned that the um, it was a translocation uh, inhibitor or translocate. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain that real quickly? So, uh, when Just, we, you know, one of the things that I'm al- always curious about is um, is kind of like stealing a line from Jurassic Park. Um, we we know that we can, but did we ever stop to think if we should? Right. As I I don't know where the discovery of a new family is going to take us but there we are we have a we know so much about hiv um still don't know how to cure it but we know enough about how to trip it up from reproducing making babies um that we have a new family um and so uh, this virus um that makes copies of itself when it's making copies of itself um that protein that it makes before it implants into your T cell, um, it translocates, right? So that's just a fancy word for uh, pulling a strand and moving it over into the right place. So now we have a different spot in which we can interrupt um, the birthing cycle of more HIV virus. I'm still not sure where we need this, but here it is. I mean, it's just another. I mean, it's it'll be good for treatment. I mean, I, I I certainly see where you're coming from, but you know, if I were just to kind of push back just a little bit and just say that as we are approaching thirty plus thirty five years, I I guess it's the first article in the New England Journal. Uh, you know, as we have more and more people who are treatment experienced, although we're seeing much, much higher um, uh, genetic barriers. So we're not resistance just isn't a yeah. thing right. anymore, thankfully. You know, just like I haven't seen Toxo in a really long time, fortunately. So it just seems like things are just changing a little bit. But, 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 but that. And Dalutegravir and, uh, you know, Taf and Emtricitabine seem to be. Really an amazing combination of medications that have been working so incredibly well. And I say this all the time. I get tested for HIV every year. I uh, I am HIV negative. However, if I were to test positive for HIV, I would put myself on dalutegravir, emtricitabine, and TAF because to me those just seem like 
kind of the three medications that seem to be working well, and there's enough forgiveness uh, in the uh, um, uh, in folks that kind of miss a pill here and there. Whereas when I first started, man, the resistance was such an issue. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, etro not etrovirine. What was the other one that was in atropola? I just can't even. I just based the on the favorin. I was always always right. looking at. Um, resistance reports are like i started uh, 11 years ago right and that was the boogaboo uh, right. was um oh goodness yeah <laughs> it's, i mean I, I actually haven't even gone to a stanford database did you used to go to the stanford database yeah, I, did. Quite a I, bit. I, I have have you done one recently or um i, I haven't i haven't gone to the stanford database yeah. probably in 18 months maybe right. Two years and yeah. the Stanford database. What we're talking about is that that's where you usually go to to kind of lock it or log log into or lock into resistances, and then you kind of put in different genetic uh, aspects of the virus to see what resistances may uh, be there. And it just it, you know, and then we would create a cocktail. Then we were a little bit more dependent on protease inhibitors. Yeah. Uh, but we're just you know that's a class that's also fortunately really kind of going away, as are the NNRTIs, uh, leaving us with the in, uh, integrase inhibitors and, of course, the NRTIs uh, as well. Yeah. So, so um, I appreciate the pushback because, you know, we always have to think about it from all perspectives. Right. You know, we have, but I lean in your direction, I'll yeah. have you know. <laughs> yeah. No, so I also have to, you know, put on the hat of um, uh, my long-term healthy patients living with HIV, um, and they they – they want to have something um, to fall back on. Um, yes. Uh, when we learn that, you know, some of the new kids on the block, um, that we're going to want to, you know, modernize that too. Right. I will say this. Think about this. I remember when Reltegravir hit the market. I did not appreciate what a game changer the integrase inhibitors yeah. would be. Right. But they have been a major yeah. Major game changer yeah. in terms of genetic barrier, in terms of lack of resistances, and more than anything else, just the unbelievably clean profile, uh, just with minimal lack of, of adverse effects. So we have just a couple more minutes. Let mm-hmm. me just you had you had a topic here that I'm always happy to talk about, and I get a lot of pushback from folks about it. So I would love to hear your thoughts about mm-hmm. it. But I just want to start by telling you my thoughts. When, okay. when Prep first came out, uh-huh. I was personally I thought Prep would be problematic. I don't think that anymore, Mm -hmm. but I initially thought that PrEP, and I still think that there is some problems with PrEP, let's be honest about that, but Mm -hmm. I think that PrEP was going to be problematic, one, because of resistances. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen that, and and I... We can go down a wormhole later about that. We're like at about 10 minutes left. So, But we haven't seen the resistances quite yet. But what I did recognize early on is that if you're telling people to go out and have sex without a condom, cool. Like That's going to be most people's default. Now you have a medication uh, that's going to protect you from it. But PrEP is a great antiretroviral medication for HIV. It is not an antiviral for HPV. It's not an antiviral for HSV. Yeah. It's not an antibiotic, so it's not going to protect you against syphilis, gonorrhea, or chlamydia. So 
it's not surprising to me that we're seeing increases in STIs. Now, right. if you talk to an epidemiologist, it depends on who you're talking to, because I have seen people twist themselves into knots trying to describe that PrEP is not fueling uh-huh. the uh, STI right. epidemic that we're seeing. And so I'm going to just take a step back. I just yeah. wanted, to, I wanted yeah. to give you my... My opinion, but I'm right. gonna. I have no idea what you think about it. Sure. But you put it on a list of topics I yeah. can ask you about. So because it's a hot topic. Yes. It just got hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I also say this. It's my mantra. Um, prep is not a pill. It's a program. And so I think that it's like a straw man that we put up at every single one of our uh, conferences and we geek out and, and we flex our numbers and be like, ha, my numbers prove that it is making things worse. Ha, my numbers prove that it's not. I think we're missing the point. We're measuring something that we're just figuring out in real time. When I see, when I look under the hood, how one place is doing prep versus another, it is different. There is art to this science. How are you supporting the people to have this succeed? And so I think more that what we should do is when we see prep practice, like the whole kit and caboodle, what you're doing for the patient between your visits and when they come back. If it's helping all of their sexual health to reduce bacterial infections besides the HIV, great. Let's replicate that. But too many times I think we're just simplifying and saying, I'm going to dispense this pill like Skittles, going to do nothing between those visits and then say that, that's well, I our mean, model. Okay, okay, okay. I see where you're going with this, and that, and that is, uh, I, yeah, it got hot in here. I, I, I'm not sure that that is a fair characterization of, of, uh, you know, a prep program, at least in its emphases as we think of prep right now. Um, anybody who's running a prep program, you running a prep program, an HIV specialist, me running a prep program, an HIV specialist, yeah. we're doing more than just right. kind of passing out like Skittles. But we are looking over a lot of folks that it's not a restricted medicine. It's not a restricted medicine. In the wild, any person who has a prescription pad can do this, and that adds up. Um. So I just uh, suffice it to say, I think that we all need to do better and we all need to help each other out so that, again, the, you know, uh, the horse doesn't get let out of the barn. But, okay, let's take a big step back. Mm -hmm. We're telling people to have sex without condoms. We're not going to see more STIs. I mean, come on. We're, we're, We're telling people to have sex without condoms, right? Like... Let me ask you this. Flip okay. the conversation. Chris, Flip okay. the conversation. Okay. I feel it's more about... Um, I, I, yeah? Listen, are you seeing more STIs in your practice? Now, granted, we're doing three-site, so we're uh-huh. seeing more of it and we're testing more of it. But are you just seeing more STIs in your practice than, let's say, you were 11 years ago? Well, numerically, um, we know that that's happening. That's that's going to happen. Okay. Um, it's It's been happening. What I think is more interesting is, wow, um, let's study that prep program that is bending their own personal curve because when they actually bring the patients in they're actually doing um you know uh risk reduction um they're really digging in and getting um their patients 
uh, to to change practice, right? Right. Um, those practices exist, um, and I almost feel like prep is an opportunity. We have just fallen flat for years um, for youth, um, having nothing of interest to offer them. Um, now we've got this set of hot tools, and for once we have something new and we're going to bring these folks in now that we have their attention are we going to do something of value i uh i appreciate where you're coming from i uh i mean obviously you're speaking to somebody who like hears all the words and it's just it's music to my ears but i just want to just be on record by saying prep is is fueling to a certain now how much it is i don't know like and that's yeah. a fair question okay but you know, I think that there's easily epidemiologic studies yeah. that can look at states that have high prep intake uh, yeah. uh, usage, and we, we, are you going to see higher levels of STIs? You know, again, three site testing has obviously now become uh, more and more. You know, so I would say that the studies need to kind of start now because now three site testing is more the standard of care. But but it, it's I'm not saying that we would need to get rid of and listen. I love my prep practice. I love it. You know, it's it's a nice little, it's not hep C, it's not HIV. Some, you know, young, it's usually a young person will be coming in and, and they've got some STIs and it gives me an opportunity to sit and chat with them. And like you say, risk reduction. I don't know if the words that I'm saying that are coming out of my mouth that are hitting their ear holes yeah. and then processing in their brain and they know and it makes sense. Yeah. But when they're like, they've had a couple drinks, they end up at some stranger's house and all of a sudden... Like, I don't know what actually filters to what happens at the moment that it actually matters. But all that being said, I am super grateful that they're on prep yeah. and and I have an opportunity that prep becomes kind of their lifeline to come back to me. And when they keep coming back to me, I'm obviously always checking them from STIs, as I'm sure yeah. uh, that, that you are. So yeah. Opportunity I, uh, knocks uh, every three months and I think it's on us um, to do a good job. And to keep doing better, because here in Louisiana, we've got our uh, STIs, and um, we're all fighting. Chris, we got we have one more minute. So tell me, <laughs> Kenny's Kenny's here. Kenny Francis is uh, is uh, the host of Resistance Radio. That's the show that's coming on after. All right. So we got we got one minute here. Okay. Uh, Yes, you're using condoms. Yes, we yes. Are using condoms. condoms are incredibly important. Condoms, yes, condoms still matter. Don't, yes, condoms still matter. Um, what's the What's the next big thing? What, um, do you, what do you have your eye on? For me, I think it's long term stuff, like we were talking about. Right, long term meds. But what do you What do you see when you were at IAS? What's the big thing that you see moving forward? So, I mean, I definitely think the long term things um, are what I'm looking at, but I also think uh, pre- so long term medications. Yeah, long term medications uh, to protect against uh, the HIV virus. But I mean, we're all waiting for the ball to drop for uh, prep for um, gonorrhea. Um, well, not really gonorrhea, but maybe chlamydia and syphilis. Um, I think that that is um, something that we're needing. So this is these are. Uh, uh, medications that will uh, essentially prevent uh, uh, gonorrhea and chlamydia that is taken kind of like a prep is essentially. Yeah. yeah. So these are like uh, uh, antibacterials. Yeah. Got it. So. And did they? And was that? Did they present at IAS or? So that was at Croy, and so I think that. Did you go to Croy? Uh, no, I didn't go to Croy right. twenty nineteen. Have, have you? Have you been? No, I haven't. Yeah, you know, I applied once, and then they said no, and I'm like. <laughs> 
like, I'm like, I'm never going to apply again. <laughs> like the ATC tried to send me and they said no. I'm like, I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to go to a club. I'm not going to belong to a club that doesn't want me as a member. So forget it. We got 40 seconds. All right. What do you got? Yeah. So um, I just want to encourage um, everybody to educate themselves about the landscape of options they have, prep, PEP. Um, looking at talking to your healthcare provider about on-demand. Um, if you thought this wasn't an option for you, um, have another chat. Um, if you're having trouble with your provider not knowing what this stuff is, come find one of us. Chris Garnett, uh, HIV specialist with the Ostner Healthcare System. It's such a pleasure. We're going to have you back on air here very soon. And Resistance Radio starts right now.